Welcome back to the Relax My Dog podcast. My name is Claire. My name's Leah. And we are from Relax My Dog, where we talk about all things dog. on one we did a couple of weeks ago which is common mistakes dog owners make and like we said in that one this isn't me and Leah saying that everyone is a bad dog parent it's just that there are common mistakes and here are the ones that are the most common just so that you know to sort of keep an eye out for them or catch yourself doing them if you do indeed find yourself doing these and they're not the worst ones are they really no not at all no they're just the sort of common things that can just make things a little bit harder like you know harder with training your dog harder with getting your dog to um, follow commands and that kind of thing. So uh, we did. We started this one a couple of weeks ago, but there were so many. Obviously, Lee and I didn't want to be here for hours and hours. So here is part number two, um, and we're going to start with not following through on commands. Now, yelling "come" repeatedly as you chase your dog around the park is not only teaching him that he gets attention when he misbehaves. Um, to stop this trend, say commands only when you can make them happen. For example, only say come when you can crouch and be happy and lure them with a treat or even pull on a long leash. Eventually, your dog will learn to respond to this command alone. Yeah, you don't want to almost let them think that they're just going to get attention all the time with with no. you being there to, to give them that attention. Plus, if, you, if you're shouting like come to them and then you're chasing them, you're not really giving them a command. You're just sort of shouting a word at them whilst... Yeah facing them <laughs> the dog probably thinks it's like a game like you're telling me to come over there but I'm running away from you like yeah yeah that's that's not ideal no not at all uh, the next one is mistaking ignorance for bad behavior so did your dog ignore your command to sit because he's being um, a butthead or because he really doesn't know what you mean too often poor behavior is simply a result of poor training either your dog doesn't understand the command or um, he does, and you have given, um, you have to take each possibility in turn. Um, start by making sure he's trained well to understand what each command means before assuming he's being naughty. I think that's a really, really good point because it's the same with like children that you'd potentially mm-hmm. assume that they knew something before they actually did, and then when they don't do exactly what they're being told, mm-hmm. you know, they're not necessarily doing something wrong. They just don't actually understand what you're trying to tell them to do, which um just means it, it's sort of poor training on your part you need to be putting more time into that and making sure that your dog fully understands it before mm. taking that as sort of bad behavior yeah if you're just going to assume that your dog is just is being bad then you're going to be like active a bit more negative towards them and that's going to be really bad for them like they're going to hate that because they really pick up on um, our energy so if you're assuming he's being bad you're going to be quite frustrated and maybe a bit angry at them and then you yeah. can understand why but they're like i'm not doing anything wrong um, so don't yeah don't assume that your dog's just being bad that might just be ignorance and like you said same with kids as well like you know you can't just assume a child knows the, the wrongs and rights of a certain situation so don't always assume they're being they're misbehaving try and explain to them and try and work out what yeah. exactly it's, it's it's not it's not really that hard but it's just more about having patience and understanding about the situation I think yeah the next is asking a friend to watch your dog for the weekend so unexpected health conditions and accidents can occur at any time 
from dog bloats to chewed up furniture to a pet escapes. Whilst a friend or family member may love your pets, they likely do not have the expertise or the funds to handle such situations as they occur. To avoid a potential tragedy, hire a professional dog sitter, or at the very least, make sure your friend or family member is briefed on how to handle your emergency situation. Now, that's it's like a two-way thing. So I imagine you and Milo, like your family know Milo as well mm-hmm. as so you can ask your family or friends to look after Milo, but it's it's more about asking sort of casual friends or friends, maybe friends who've never had a dog. Yeah, who wouldn't know what to expect. They just assume that they know what to do, but actually, like, having a dog teaches you how to look after a dog, especially in certain situations. Yeah, I think it's one of the things as well that's dependent on the dog itself. So if it was like Milo, Milo literally would he just gets on with everything. He's not mm-hmm. he never has any sort of issues. So I feel like he would just slot into someone's sort of family life really easily. But obviously mm-hmm. if your dog has got like health conditions or they require medicine and things like that, that you're going to have to put quite a bit of stress onto this mm-hmm. person's friend that you've got, especially if it's not one that you know all so well. I think that's quite a lot to ask. So maybe a professional dog is a bit of a better option there. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just looking at sort of what your dog's like and knowing from that really, isn't it? Yeah, I can imagine like a few of your friends probably know Milo quite well. Yeah, they did love it. They'd be like, yes, I'll have him. The next one is laughing when your dog sneaks onto the couch. Now, many dog owners create a monster by um, inadvertently reinforcing bad behaviours. So, for example, when you pet a dog um, who is growling or acting out, you probably think um, you're telling them it's okay, I'm here. But what they are learning is that they get attention for being bad. So positive reinforcement works much better in this occasion. So using the first example, if your dog knows they're not allowed on the sofa, but they're trying to be a little bit cheeky, they try and sneak themselves on the sofa and then you laugh and you mm-hmm. give them that attention, you need to be a bit more stern with them and be like, no, this isn't allowed rather than um, creating like a funny thing. Because I think dogs, like you said before, they pick up on, our behavior when we are yeah. laughing we'll probably see that as a good thing I know whenever we laugh with Milo his tail wags and he, he gets really excited because he, he knows what that sort of thing is so if we did that he'd probably just see that as a good thing and that mm. um, he's allowed on the sofa where if it's like a, a big rule in your house that they're not um you're sort of going a few steps backwards rather than continuing yeah yeah I think we've, we've said this a few times like the consistency with dogs is um it's not just you being mean by not ever letting them letting them do certain things but it, it's that they respond so much better to situations with consistency like you know for this one time you let your dog on the sofa and then they'll go get confused at why they're not allowed you know other times and things so consistency yeah. really really is key really yeah definitely next is lecturing your dog yelling at your dog when they spend when they spread garbage all over the floor may make you feel better but it won't help your dog learn not to do it again um, discipline is not about berating them or, or to make points. Dogs need black and white, small, simple cues that say, I like that or I don't like that. Once you've established those cues, it's very important to always be consist- consistent using them. It can go both ways. Like literally what I just said, like consistency. Like yeah. if you're, um, yeah, if you're going to be shouting at your dog, like your dog might not even understand what it is that they've done wrong they just know that you're shouting at them and um, so lecturing them really isn't a good thing but because this it's consistency absolutely is I feel like I could say that until like I'm doing the face because it's just Literally. really really important though isn't it yeah it's also one of the things that if you like go out for the day or whatever and then you come back and your dog's gone through the 
the bin or whatever and it's all over the place or they've ripped up a some carpet and you try and lecture them about that they could have done that hours ago and dogs mm. won't remember that so you could be trying to tell them off for something that happened I don't know five hours ago and yeah. it won't it's just that sort of you um shouting at a brick wall like the dog just won't understand yeah. you but you won't know what you're talking about and mm. um, it's, it's definitely not not the right way to go about it no, I also think um, if you, you know, consistently, if you're going out and you're consistently coming back to your dog, like going to the bins and stuff, like there might be a reason, like you might not have left enough food out for them and they're hungry or mm-hmm. uh, or they're, they're bored, so they've not got enough toys and they've not got enough sort of mental stimulation. So there might be there might be reasons that they're doing this. And if they're doing this consistently, there might be an actual reason that you can actually, you know, figure out and, and tackle. Yeah. That's a good point rather than just coming home to the mesh, it might be important to step back a little bit and see what the actual cause of that is. Mm. Uh, now, the next one is using food as love. Now, we have seen so many owners create health problems in their dogs, sometimes to the point of crippling pain or disease because of overfeeding them. There are so many ways to show your dog you love them that don't involve food. In fact, making sure that your dog stays at a healthy weight is a great way to show how much that you care. Um, instead of treats, there are many different things that you can provide your dog. Mm-hmm. I know initially when you are training the dog, a treat is a great thing because it reinforces that behaviour for your dog and it shows that mm-hmm. something good is going to come from this. Um, but obviously, as the dog gets older, like Milo, we can ask him to do things and he won't get treats for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of a really, really important step to to make is going from the dog always getting treats to occasionally getting treats to sort of rarely getting treats because you mm-hmm. don't want them to put on loads and loads of weight. Um, so it's fine in the training period because that's sort of known to be a really, really good way to train your dog or through toys as well if you didn't want to to um, overload them with the treats. But um, just as they get a little bit older, try and... Uh, weed them off the treats as often as they did or um maybe give them like more like bigger treats because I feel like training treats are meant to be really small so they don't yeah. not mega calorific or whatever yeah. that actually reminds me of a, a situation so I take oh I mentioned rice again I also mentioned rice. um I, I took her to that she goes to the vet twice a week now to get like medications and stuff but last week and I took when I took her there was this old beagle um and they were trying to get it into the examination room and it was just sat there like and it was quite a big like little little uh, really old it was really really gray and it was like it was not moving like like and then oh. the man was trying to get him in she was like this really slight little girl like not a little girl that's condescending slight young woman and she was trying to get him in she was like come on come on come in and she had like these treats in her hand and he was just not interested and like yeah. and she said I don't want to pick him up because I don't want to hurt him because I think he had like stomach ache or something mm-hmm. and she's like, come on come on and I just sat watching from the from the the cat's waiting room kind of giggling a little bit because it was quite funny yeah. she picked up this she said so she went over to they got a display of like toys and treats and stuff she picked up this toy and he went and he, was, he, he got up with his tail wagging and he followed her all around the place and went right went into the examination room oh that is so, so he, that's that's really good training to be fair to take them away from yeah, the food yeah he just wanted to he just wanted the toy. He wasn't interested in the treats whatsoever. <laughs> oh, that's really cute. That's very sweet. Um, okay, so next one is treating a leash as a torture device. Now, leash training is an essential skill for all dogs to learn. Not teaching your dog to do well on a leash is like not teaching your child to read. Unfortunately, many owners see the leash as a bad thing and use it inappropriately, including letting the dogs off leash at inappropriate times. Leash training is a gift you give your dog, not a punishment, um, which I think... It's true because leash training is not only very important to make sure that your dog 
um response to training but it's also a safety thing as well like yeah. let your dog off leash at inappropriate times is so dangerous not only to you and your dog but to other dogs as well especially if you've got um a dog cat who can be a little bit aggressive or doesn't do well um, with other dogs if you're letting them off you can't control them so the leash is for control and safety for both you your dog and all the people and other dogs around you as well yeah for sure I think leash training is one of the most important things that your dog should be should be able to to walk well on a lead because it like you said it is not just about your safety but it's also about the dogs and other people as well so it is it is vital uh-huh, absolutely uh, the next one is overestimating your dog's intelligence so your dog is the um, equivalent of a human three-year-old, which whenever I say that, I think that's absolutely crazy. (laughs) Um, This means they have a limited vocabulary, a basic understanding of social cues and some self-control. So even if your dog can open doorknobs or jump rope, um, they still need to be protected. Like when you see a toddler walking along the road and like the wall and the parents always still holding the hand, even though the puppy are quite Mm. capable doing themselves just so that they know that there's somebody there to protect them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rather than thinking your dog is so smart because um, they follow you so diligently, recognise that uh, putting her in situations she can't handle, um, all you are doing is endangering your beloved dog um, for your own selfish needs and desires. So don't overthink that your dog or overestimate that your dog has this amazing mm-hmm. intelligence because they are only ne- technically a, a three-year-old child. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. you can't, um, It's the same with what we said before about thinking that your dog knows more than it actually does it's mm-hmm. the same sort of principle that even though your dog might be this really intelligent it can do all these different tricks they still have limited uh, capability yeah. of the brain so don't overestimate it yeah well that's uh, the thing with the dogs I mean dogs have certain intelligence plus you know if you've got a dog like a collie or a poodle that you know you can train them to do some really amazing things but also dogs are creatures of habit so you know if you notice your dog say you're, you're going out for a walk and your dog leaves your garden and sits at the road um as if you know waiting to cross the road that you do that every single day and taking them you you think your dog is responding to the road and it's not it's responding to its 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 routine that's that's a really good point yeah it's got nothing to do with the road it's all about what they what they used to do so just because they stop at that one road doesn't mean they're going to stop at every road so don't don't assume because it's it's dangerous isn't it like you know you said it's like a child you wouldn't leave a three-year-old wandering up and down the street by herself no that's true um, next one is using harsh cleaning products most other commonly used cleaning products in our homes are toxic so even though you're trying to help your dog by keeping their space clean you may be doing it some harm um even if they're not directly exposed to these products they may walk over a floor that's been mopped and then lick their feet and be exposed to toxins check the label any products with bleach and ammonia are hazardous, hazardous to animals instead um scrubbing them things like baking soda or salt can leave non-toxic residue um there's i think i feel like nowadays because pets having pets and dogs and cats and things is such a huge um market now i actually genuinely think you can get cleaning products that are specifically pet friendly i think i've seen them like even in like normal normal shops like morrison's and tesco's if you go to like the cleaning aisle or even like the pet aisle there's like cleaning products that are specifically non-toxic Am I, I'm not imagining that. Am I? Uh, no, no, I think I think you are right. I think they have like pet friendly or dog friendly. I think I have seen that. Or even sometimes if you go to the pet area of the supermarket, they can have a little section. I know I've been in my supermarket and they have like a whole pet section, which has like cooling products for dogs. You know, like I was getting mm-hmm. And then it has like toys and cleaning products as well. So mm-hmm. I think if you are wanting something that 
um, you know for sure isn't going to be hazardous to the dog. Then, mm. plus, like you said, because there's so many households have a dog now, everyone has to be aware of the fact that their cleaning products could potentially be hazardous. And you yeah. can't always, like you said, stop your dog from walking over a just mopped floor or whatever. So it is it is really important to, to yeah. look into that sort of thing. Yeah, even if, um, you know, we live in, like, Britain, so, you know, dogs and cats are very, very common. But, you know, even if you live in a country where animals aren't quite as, as common, so these things might not be available to you, if you just do a quick Google search, you can find things that you can make yourself. Like you said, bicarb soda, salt, even things like lemon juice, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's to do that, like, I think so, anyway. <laughs> more natural anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. The next one is spoiling your pup with homemade treats. Now, too many treats of um, any kind can obviously cause health problems, but homemade treats in particular um, are often not nutritionally balanced. So a few here and there are totally fine as long as your ingredients are safe for dogs. Uh, but you should, um, but there should be a very small percentage of the overall diet. So, for example, I've made treats for Milo as part of like a relax my dog YouTube video sort of mm -hmm. in the past. And we would sort of scatter those. We wouldn't give them all in one go. We'd give them um, sort of like one every few days or whatever, just because yeah. obviously they're homemade. And even though I use all ingredients that's safe for dogs, you still don't want to overload them with with treats anyway. Yeah. Um, but if you are one of those that makes homemade treats all the time, make sure you're looking into the ingredients and making sure that they are as nutritionally balanced as they can possibly be. Um, even though I know it's quite hard, it might just be easy just to buy them because you know exactly what's in them then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then usually on and bag, bag, packets of like treats and stuff, they usually have like a serving suggestion. So you know how many calories and protein yeah. and fats they're getting. So um yeah, no, it's quite fun to make um make your own treats. Like um, mm -hmm. again, I've done some for like that's my cat, and I do really enjoy making my cat her own treats and stuff. And it's yeah, as much as you know what's going in them, you don't know just how much like the nutritional values are like you know that's like oh there's one egg in all of these but you don't know how many they should be eating kind of thing so yeah it, yeah it's just easier and safer um to just get some I mean it's fun to do every now and again as long as it is a very very occasional treat because quite a lot of them have like dairy and stuff in them don't they yeah um anyway so that is some more common mistakes that dog owners make um like I said Leah and I aren't saying everyone's really bad at having a dog it's just these are common mistakes that people might not even understand that they're making and they're not the worst ones they're not like completely dangerous to, to dogs but they do just make your life a little bit easier and your dog a little bit happier knowing that you, you're not making these mistakes mm -hmm. yes so uh, thanks for joining us this week and Leah and I will see you in our next episode bye bye <laughs>